It's Deanna. And this is Ken. And this is Pumpkin Spice Thrillers. Scary movies for basic people. <laughs> this uh, week we're going to be talking about... We are talking about Gerald's Game and it's our fifth episode. Can oh you believe God, it? Big deal. Big deal. The big five. Yeah. Today we are doing Gerald's Game, a uh, straight to Netflix movie. Mm. <laughs> so no excuses for you guys not to watch it, but also don't watch it. Whatever we you want. We know you're all <laughs> using your roommate's Netflix account. True. Or like your college roommate's dad's girlfriend's Netflix right, account. Right, or like probably. your ex's account still. They let you use a lot of logins yes. on it. Yes. So, um, and everybody can watch this one. Um, so, Ken, I guess, should we talk about uh, how it stumbled upon our consciousness? Uh, yeah, please. Okay. Um, so, I blame you entirely. <laughs> blame the, sounds like a loaded <laughs> word, I would say. You are the reason we watch this movie, and my one question is, like, why? <laughs> Do you hate me? Do you hate us? No, uh, this was my offering to us. I thought we would enjoy it. Okay. So I guess we'll get into that we'll in a get little into bit. That. Yeah, but um, tell me the genesis of this. Yeah, so uh, story as old as time, out with friends, peddling this podcast to people. Great. So always getting uh, new ideas for new movies. Always love that. Keep doing that, guys. Definitely. Keep and... tweeting at us. <laughs> you know. Keep commenting in the On Instagram. Our Instagram. Yeah. That is our preferred channel. <laughs> So a friend, uh, Jesse, mentioned, oh my gosh, there's one on Netflix. And I actually had remembered uh, getting it promoted in my, like, watch this next, like 97% match for you. <laughs> so uh, at the bar, we actually watched the trailer and it looked insane. Um, so I was, my curiosity was piqued and I convinced Ken to do it, uh, even though uh, he had probably no notion of it beforehand. Yeah, so um, as you might remember from last week's episode, we do watch the trailer all together at the end of last week's episode. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Wow, so you didn't, I mean, we do this at the end, but I guess it sounds like you didn't like it. I did not like it. I liked it a lot. Oh, wow. I like. I would say, I, would, right. I actually think it'd probably be like, I, I haven't thought about <laughs> ranking all five yet, but it's like up there. Okay, I... As a movie or as a PST? Like, you didn't like it because you didn't like it or because you didn't really... I was, like, very unhappy during the course of watching it. Okay. So I don't know how to break it down between, like, as a movie or as a PST or as a whatever, but, like, I was not happy to be alive while I was watching it. Um, So one thing I was actually thinking we could do, Deanna, that might be fun this time. I know you've probably sourced um, an expert summary, Mm -hmm. but I thought it might be fun if instead Mm -hmm. I put 60 seconds on a clock and um, you just summarize the movie in 60 seconds off the top of your head. Okay. Can you do it? Yes. Okay. No reading. No reading. Okay. No reading. Great. Okay. And go. Okay, so um, a couple are like driving to uh, like their country house. They get there, uh, and you find out the reason they're there is because there's something wrong with their marriage, um, and they're like really thinking they can like spice up their love life that weekend and it would change things a lot. Um, so they get there, they see the stray dog outside. The wife like feeds it, and then they go inside and they start like getting kind of like Randy. 
and um, 35 wait, seconds. Okay, okay. She gets handcuffed and um, then he dies, but she's still handcuffed. And then she has to try to get out and she starts having all these like crazy hallucinations. You don't know what's real, not real. And all the stuff about her sexual assault from her father came up. And eventually she gets out by like tearing her arm basically like out of the handcuff. But then you also find out there was a crazy murderer who was actually in the house. And then they go to court and then she confronts the actual murderer who has weird body dysmorphia disease. <laughs> Wait, that was great, and you still have ten seconds oh, left. Oh, um, uh, okay, yeah. So, and there's an eclipse. A lot of memories of eclipses. <laughs> yeah. So very relevant to what happened here. Wow. Okay, that thirty was second mark scary. Excellent <laughs> summary. That was really great. I was worried about you for the beginning because you were going in too much detail with like the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. I, I uh, was. I meant to go back to the dog. Like the bottom two hundred dollar Kobe steak. Two hundred dollars a portion. Yes, love that part. I love it. Um, okay, great. So you enjoyed the movie. I, I mean, I didn't. Okay, it's a better movie than The Boy Next Door <laughs> for sure. Right. Like, right. More um, scary, more interesting. Very psycho. Very psycho. Yeah. I guess, actually, I mean, we'll get to this later. I'm not even sure if I felt like it was a PST, even though it was very psycho and there was a lot of sex. Yeah. But I, anyway, we'll get there. I don't even know where to begin. Where like, Where do you think we should begin talking about this? Um, I mean, maybe I can, maybe I, can I, I don't know if it's going to be hard. Oh, okay. I just have to take it off because it keeps clicking in and out. Okay. All right. I mean, I would say, I would just first say what I really liked about it. Okay. And I would actually recommend this movie to other people. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. like I really Great. enjoyed it. I think it was because it was very thrilling and like you were eager to know what happens, but it all like took place in a very confined space. It almost felt like I was watching a play. Mm, like totally. it was set in this very confined space. There was only like three to four actors. A lot of it was just about dialogue and like the story kind of unfolding and people's her emotion. I mean, it's all insane, of course. Um, and like there were some waiting for Godot. Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> exactly. And there were some like insane lines that just like made me laugh. I mean, they were like stupid, like um, which we'll get into. Uh, and then the ending was so insane, stupid. That's <laughs> then I was like, okay, fine, cherry on top. It was crazy. <laughs> totally. You know, actually, like now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I did not really enjoy watching the movie, but I did describe this to someone yesterday in a similar way of like, you know, it was ridiculous. It was also the whole murderer thing was actually scary, like surprisingly scary. And I have woken up in the middle of the night and been like. Oh, and just thought about that part right. of the movie. The murder, like the crazy guy. The crazy guy. So that has haunted me a little bit, which none of the other movies have. Right. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, it was so, I don't know, is it genius or is it like bad filming? I just can't, I can't decide. I can't decide. I mean, I'm at a loss. I'm yeah. completely at a loss. No, I get it. Um, maybe we can get into like do the sexy, do the scary, and then do the psycho parts like in different chunks. Perfect. Because like in the beginning of the movie, it is, and I think from the trailer, why you think it is a PSD, which maybe it's more like a sexy horror movie mm, than a psychosexual. I think that, yes, I think that does. Like make psychosexual sense. is so much about like the sex and the lust and what it means and feeling and it turning terrorizing, but this is pretty totally. much a horror movie with sex. In totally. It. I do actually have a. I have a couple thoughts that we can get to later when we talk about the pumpkin spice writing. 
um, of like what would have made this more squarely to me a PST. Mm -hmm. um, I have some like edits. Ooh, for them, so okay, a remake. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I would say for me, the most of the sexy part is in the beginning when um, when the two main uh, this couple, so this man and a woman, um, the actor and actress who play them. Carla Gugino, Gugino and Bruce Greenwood look mm. familiar don't know what they've been no, in yeah. but they're like call it what like she's probably like at 40 and he's like 50 years old like I would up them both a decade okay cool 50 yeah, and 60 yeah, and they're basically they like, look great they look great he yeah. okay I, I've spoken a lot about fathers <laughs> and PSD wow didn't want to go there yeah. it was jarring how good he looked without his shirt yeah, on yeah 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 my roommate was my roommate Laura was like buff you know like <laughs> buff, buff 60 year old exactly yeah. not mu much of that out there i would no. say yeah so um but they get to this house and they're like meant to kind of maybe um get a little kinkier and crazier with their sex lives mm. as a way to kind of maybe save their marriage or there's something going on yeah. and so i would say like for me the sexy scene that they kind of show in the trailer is basically he handcuffs her up to the bed like the two posts or her two arms are separate and kind of dangling from the the posts of the bed and then he's kind of getting into this like pseudo rape fantasy with her mm. um he like calls himself like daddy and stuff mm. and like it's kind of hot but then she like really isn't into it so then it gets yeah. kind of weird um what were your thoughts for that part well i thought it was interesting i mean from the very beginning we we see them driving up to the lake house and it's so pretty and he's like you know, listening to soul music and like, oh, this is going to be such a great trip for us. Like, this is going to be so great. We're having a great time. Yeah, by the way, he I just want to interrupt you one second. One note I took is the opening scene. I thought it was like the beginning of like, it's complicated. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? Just like an older romance. To older movie. romance. They're like, like driving Steve to Martin. their beautiful like house. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Like absolutely. That absolutely. Please go on. And like that that one song that's in every rom-com that's like, this will oh be. Oh my gosh. Or Match.com ad. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway. But so that's definitely the vibe that you're getting. You're like, this is just going to be like a feel good, you know, <laughs> what like could go romance wrong? in your silver years kind of situation. <laughs> um, but right off the bat, so they're like listening to music and she turns off the radio and he's like, oh, you're not, you're not like feeling it. And she's like, oh, just want to think, you know, just want to like take in the scenery in silence. And then he puts his hand on her leg mm -hmm. and she like really reacts and takes his hand off her leg and then kisses his hand like to kind of cover it up mm -hmm. and so right off the bat you're like okay like he's fun and she's a prude or maybe just like she isn't feeling him or she's not she can't trust him right now something about it um so you can tell right off the bat that i don't know that whatever sex we're going to be having is not going to be actually uncomplicated mm. like it's going to be problematic and like mm he really wants it and she for whatever reason isn't feeling great about it i don't know and then yeah he handcuffs her to the bed like it was just it was interesting because they clearly talked specifically about handcuffs mm -hmm. because she mentioned like oh i thought they'd be like soft frilly yeah like, like the real deal sex handcuffs and he's like no these are the real deal yeah or like in the opening scene it's him packing handcuffs into a bag yeah <laughs> And, they, and so they'd obviously talked about it, but she also seemed really confused by the fact that they were suddenly doing this role play. So I was also, it was like, so you've talked about it, but do you have a safe word? Like, mm, what's happening? Not prepared. Not prepared. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that was probably most of the sexy part. That was, that was, 
that was the sex scene. She did have like a very nice floor length, like negligee. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, the tag was <laughs> it on. It was new. It was special. She bought it special. Yeah, and as um, we said, he looked good with his shirt. He did. He did say one in point also. I love this slip. Yeah. Which I thought was a, oh, like love a this cute slip. Yeah. grandfather line. Um, okay, so then I think like <laughs> we can probably get into the horror slash psycho parts of it. Yeah. Which is basically he like they start fooling around and he just like has a heart attack, maybe from the Viagra, unclear. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. I think so. Yeah, so because he like takes two. He, like, he takes so much Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> dies dies um like he she like kind of props him up with her foot and like kicks him off the bed and then realizes that like her husband's dead it was also interesting though like he got the heart attack because of the viagra for sure but also it's kind of implied because they're in a fight yeah which i felt like was very um i don't know again kind of like blaming the victim or something because they get in this whole fight where he's like Oh, like you never, uh, you never want to have sex with me, and she's like, "You haven't touched me in months." Right, right, right. Um, and there was even a little bit like she was pushing him, or she bit him, or kicked him, and then it kind of triggered totally him having the heart attack. I get what you mean. Yeah, so he he just falls down dead yeah. on the floor, like head bleeding, head bleeding, just blood. Yeah, and she's again handcuffed to the bed, and we've already learned that like there are no neighbors anywhere around. Right. Um, abandoned lake house. I don't, I mean, middle of nowhere. And these are the real deal handcuffs. That's all we know. Yeah. And so then I think the kind of psycho stuff that starts happening is basically the dog that she feeds in like act one Ugh. of the movie. It's like, like mangy German shepherd, yeah. terrifying looking dog. Exactly. It comes in and starts basically like eating her husband's dead body. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He so is. um, yeah. I actually took a note here and I, mm. uh, I wrote, do dogs eat people? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for looking that up. Yeah, I wondered so about I that. I did some light research, <laughs> okay, aka I Googled that phrase. Oh man, just deep in the stacks. Yeah, just, like, just <laughs> yeah, at the library. Coming through those first and I found, uh, exactly a National Geographic article, which I actually didn't barely read, but I think the gist <laughs> of it is that dogs can eat uh, people. It just depends on their breed and if they were hungry and blah, 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 blah. But I thought they had a very rude ending oh. to this article. Just listen to this. It's like, so in conclusion, it's like, yes, dogs or and cats might eat your body. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what to do? There's no way to guarantee <laughs> that your pet won't eat you if you die, Kill apart from not first. having any pets. Right. Even hamsters and birds have been known to scavenge on occasion. The best way for pet owners to produce odds is to make sure you have people who will stop by if they don't hear from you. Quote, this is some specialist. It's a good reason to make sure you have people around you. Social activity later in life is good for everybody. It's like scaring and shaming people. It is sad. So it's very rude. It's very rude. Paul. I thought it was going to be like the only way to be sure is to kill your pet first. <laughs> is to bite them. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime you feel that. Shooting pain up your left arm. Um, no, that's right. Uh, so yeah, the dog gets in there and then sh- and then begins like the hallucinations. So like there, he comes back to life and is speaking to her mm. in a rude, crazy way. Yeah, very rude. Um, what do you make of kind of what we learn of their relationship through those like subsequent hallucinations? So I don't, I don't really know because at first you're supposed to be like, ah, oh, like he's a monster and. Um, this was a terrible marriage and because yeah you're right like the hallucinating she's hallucinating him being very um, 
basically being like, you're an idiot and you're going to die and it's all yeah. your fault. Like you wasted precious moments, you know, shut, like it's already been three hours and you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and then she, and then she also hallucinates a version of her who kind of pops up and sticks up for her. Yeah. I don't know though, in the actual examples of what was going on in their relationship though, that they actually talked about, it doesn't seem that bad. I mean, he seems like, okay, like they're going through a rough patch. Mm. Both of them weren't communicating. It didn't seem that bad. To me, it seemed like based on the hallucinations, we're supposed to be like, oh, this was actually like a really toxic, awful marriage Mm. all along. But Mm -hmm. when I think back on the, the actual data points, they kind of dredge up like, yeah, like they got, you know, they had a couple disagreements. Mm-hmm. But it seemed more like she had this deep trauma, which we'll get to mm-hmm. from her past, that she had never shared with him. Mm-hmm. And that made her kind of clam up and close off and not let him in. And then he was kind of like confused and felt distant from her. But she never told him any of it. Yeah, I I interpreted, I guess, the hallucinations as a way to reveal what their relationship actually was like because we had so little time with them, actually. And I don't know. I thought he was more of like a a douchebag. And, you know, obviously he didn't know, but um, like he, I don't know, he, but obviously it was also her hallucinations or her interpretation of him being mean to her. So it's hard to really... Tell. It also just felt like, though, I mean, and we also, from what we see in the beginning and even everything that they say together, it seems like he wanted to be loving and affectionate to her. He wanted to have sex with her, and she just, like, all of a sudden didn't want to have sex with him anymore and wouldn't tell him why and, like, wasn't invested. Mm. I don't know. So I felt... Well, she also, though, claimed that I think he had been, like, cheating on her. She did, at a certain point, be like, what about all those long business trips? Mm-hmm, <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. boy next door, to San yep, Francisco, San Francisco. That's right. Um, so she did kind of imply that he might be, but I'm not sure it was... I feel like they could have made that more... Yeah. More damning if it was, like, 100% for sure true. Yeah. It was, so, like, a kind of a weird reveal of yeah. what they actually reveal. So I don't know. So they talk back and forth, and basically the hallucinations, though, do serve to, like, also give us a lot of indications of oh we should be really worried because she's already been like they remind us things like oh she could die of thirst right they remind us things of like oh there are no neighbors anywhere near the first neighbors who would come like the closest house is half a mile away and those neighbors won't be here for another week right like the gardener and maids won't be here for days um and he says, you know, you don't really have any friends, so none of them will wonder where you are. Right, yeah. Um, but then her, like, her hallucination of herself is actually giving her, like, peppy kind of, like, pointers on how mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. So what was the first pointer that she got? What was the first pointer? Was or it... just remember. Yeah, I mean, like, she, you know, would tell her to, like, get circulation to her arms and feet when she would, like, pass out and fall asleep and, like, everything was hurting or, I mean, I feel like what, she told her to get the water. What you about the slip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's extremely thirsty, and she remembers he had left water up above the bed on the shelf. And basically, she's able to get to the water from her handcuffs, but can't reach it to her mouth to drink. So basically, her little peppy hallucination 
person reminds her to use like this paper tag on her slip roll it up into a straw and drink out of it which is actually genius and also like i did kind of like that she hallucinated herself as kind of a survival coach Mm -hmm. and also i i felt like um actually that's the thing about this movie it's so many different movies wrapped into one like it starts off as like and it's complicated romp <laughs> through like a rich person's house and yeah. an older person's marriage. It then turns into like a sur- a survival movie. Like right. this is yeah. her twenty seven hours. This is yeah. her the shallows starring Blake Lively and that shark. Like yeah. that is survival that is this mode. Movie yeah. for her. Like it's just her her against the world, her yeah. against the elements. Um, and then what does it turn into? And then it turns into, well, this is, okay, so Ash is hallucinating. This is like, this is the central part and like weirdest thing about the movie. Okay. Well, she's continuing to hallucinate and at a certain point she starts, well, I guess maybe first we should talk about the the deep trauma that's revealed before we talk about like the next phase. Mm. Yeah. So as she's hallucinating, she's also being taken back to earlier memories um, that help us understand why this particular sexual encounter and maybe most sexual encounters would be traumatizing mm-hmm. for her right now. Um, tell us a little bit about what happens, Diana, and also like how the movie treats this, how you felt about it. Okay, so I forget. So I think it comes from her own hallucination of herself. She's like giving her all these tips, and then at some point, I think she like kind of brings back up like, oh, it all comes from this one thing mm-hmm. and this one thing, and then you kind of move away from being in this space in the bedroom to her memory and she's like a young girl like 12 13 maybe mm. um at, away at a lake house with her family her dad her mom who's pregnant and like her two younger siblings um and basically you kind of see scenes and then this story splices back and forth between the memory and like what's happening in reality but you basically learn that um on this weekend away in lake house um her whole family her, her mom and the two other siblings go onto a boat to watch the eclipse, which I didn't even know was a thing that you would do, but they're like out on the water, but she didn't want to go. So her dad like stayed at home with her. And then basically he like molests her. Mm, he molests her. And this scene was like 30 minutes yeah. long of just, it was so gratuitous. This was the thing I okay, liked least that, about the movie. Yeah, it was, was so gratuitous and yeah. unnecessary. I feel like there should have been a trigger warning on this entire movie because <laughs> you don't know that this is coming. Yeah, I mean, And it's like, they make you just sit and like, I guess we should put a trigger warning on this podcast. Yeah, trigger warning. But they warning. make you just sit there and watch as the dad creepily, like, slowly decides to molest the daughter. Yeah. And then, like, does. Yeah. And then manipulates her into staying silent. Right. Over the course of half an hour. Right. right. Disgusting. Yeah. it w- That part was extremely, extremely uncomfortable. Even, like, the scene itself, which, like, basically, they watch the clips outside together. He gets her to sit on his lap and then he, Ugh. like jerks off while he's she's sitting on, on his lap which trigger warning sorry but right. <laughs> too late uh and then he basically the i think the worst part is basically convinces her that's the best idea to not tell their mom like he's right. like i want to tell her like but mom and you already have an issue you guys are already fighting like won't it make totally. it worse like but like only if we never ever tell anybody for the rest of our lives and like no one no one no one and so he basically like she enters into this like agreement he tricks with him. her yeah. into, he tricks her into begging him not to tell her right. mom right her mom yep and so yeah so then you learn this piece about it um which i i guess was the point like she needed to have really like gone through or it's like something she shut away that she never dealt with and during this kind of 
survival mode she actually ends up processing it yeah i think so and it also it's like everything starts to come together of like okay this is basically she's like this moment has ruined the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and it takes you back to this encounter that her husband just thought would be fun but all of a sudden like because at a certain point early on in the movie like she's in handcuffs and he's like daddy likes this and she's like Take off the handcuffs and stop calling yourself fucking daddy. Yep, yep. And which at the time you're just like, oh, she's not into it. But then later you're like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. of course she doesn't, isn't going to be into that. But again, like, of course he has no way of knowing this. Right. Um, so I don't know. And then she like talks about how she never got to be a kid because she had to protect her little sisters right. and she was worried it would happen to them. And um, Yeah, you're right. I think maybe that's the thing is in movies, like so many movies. So many movies. So all of this is like all of this would be enough. Like literally, just like the survival movie would be enough. Her processing her childhood trauma would be enough. As or even a movie. them unpacking their marriage. Even them unpacking their marriage. On. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. all of these are like, movies. If it was just about them. And then as soon as you've learned this, all of a sudden, so she's been hallucinating, but she's only been hallucinating herself, her husband, and then memories of childhood. Right. All of a sudden, she's in bed, and she oh, and there's like the dog there, right? right? The dog was like still around. So then the dog starts whining and freaking out, and like runs out of the room. And the, her hallucination of her husband is like, look in the corner, see that? And she looks, and there's this creepy man standing there, yeah. um, but like a really vague, like shadowy figure. Yeah. And all, and the the husband's like, it's the moonlight man. Yeah. It's death. He's like, come to take you away, and like death will always like take your valuables it'll take your wedding ring and then you die right which is like are we is this some mythology we're all supposed to know like have you ever heard of the moonlight man Wait, before so I did have some, you ever heard of okay. I, I, I hadn't i hadn't 100 no but then i read the <laughs> trivia on rotten tomatoes and apparently moonlight man is like another stephen king character or story wait that's so weird because he also referenced cujo early on when they saw the dog which is another stephen king stephen king like get out of your own ass yeah so stephen king story movie aka self-referential but i didn't get it and also like so i mean but the guy looks like this gray and like misshapen crazy tall like he looks like he's wearing a crazy mask yeah and then and he has a bag of like valuables that he shows so you totally believe that this like crazy hallucination she's having totally like, like the bag. Weird bag it's like this person. old-fashioned bag full of like human ears and like bracelets yeah and like rings and like totally knick-knacks. so she sees him and she's like you're just an illusion like this isn't like he's just the moonlight man he's not real and then um the husband's like but if he's not real why did the dog run away and yeah. she's like well i mean i'm crazy right yeah. now like anything could be anything it doesn't <laughs> matter and so he kind of like stands there takes a few steps towards her like looks at her kind of like and then she like looks back up and he's gone yeah so actually like i thought i didn't enjoy this but i thought this was so interesting which is he like i guess it's stephen king really or whatever the director it's they they point out the things that as a viewer or a person i am scared of which is basically thinking i see something in the shadows thinking oh, something in the corner and like not wanting to look at it but then trying to look at it totally and like mining that fear um i thought that was i did think interesting. That, i did think that was actually really interesting and effective and then also the guy is then the hallucination so then she like looks back up and the guy is gone right so she's like great like He's not real. Yeah. Just as I imagine. He's just like moonlight on the curtains. Right, right. Um, and then the hallucination of her husband is like, yeah, or maybe he climbed under the bed and like he's under the bed yeah. and a hand will just reach up and grab your ankle. Which like, 
I think anyone has yes, yes. felt that before. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so that kind of happens. And then talk, talk us through like how she ends up getting out of the handcuffs. Yeah. So then it's the, now it's like literally gory, gory Ugh. Quentin Tarantino, like disgusting blood time. So she basically remembers that um, back to her childhood moment, the like the terrible traumatic day, that night she kind of breaks a glass at the dinner table because she's so freaked out and glass shards over her hands. And so her uh, her own hallucination of herself basically pep- talks her into doing that with this glass that she has, which is break it on purpose, blood all over her hand, and then it's kind of like having butter on your hands and can help you glide out of the handcuffs. So she does that, but in the process, she like literally tears off like half of her flesh doing her, it. And you like, watch it. Her hand is like a glove. Like oh, all of the gosh. flesh is like a glove that she ends up ripping off of her own hand. Yeah, and it happens over like minutes, and you just sit there in agony and watch her do it. It's horrible. Yeah, that part was really horrible. It was really rough. Um, and then, and I did actually like, I mean, one thing I did think was cool was this. It was kind of an allegory for like, Every experience you've ever had has, mm. like, given you the strength and the tools to get through whatever you're presented with, right? Like, the darkest thing she's ever experienced, while it also kind of set her up for this experience, yeah. it also was what allowed her to get through it. And, like, her, again, like, the fact that the fact that she cut her hand mm-hmm. by breaking a glass in her hand as a little kid right after she was molested, like, that's what ends up saving her life. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then she walks out of the bedroom. It's weird. The phone is right there, but she doesn't like call the phone and maybe she doesn't use the phone to call the police or anything I know. or an ambulance. And maybe the phone is dead, but like, isn't there another phone? I mean, they're 50 and 60 years old. Like, isn't there another, isn't, they have a landline. They must have a landline. No. And yeah. like, but no, instead she goes, she's like staggered out. She's lost so much blood. She doesn't get another drink of water. She's like staggers out to the car. To the car. But before she does, who does she see again? She sees the Moonlight Man again with his purse open. His purse. And she (laughs) comes up to him and she says, you're not real. You're only made of moonlight. Yeah. And he opens his bag and... She puts her ring in. She puts her ring in. And And then then she she, walks away. Yeah. And she like drives and drives and like hits... Oh, another crazy car scene in like literally every PST. Yep. Crazy car chase through the woods, yeah. but it's just like her chasing herself. Yeah, her fears. Drive, drive, drives. Like she's hits like a losing tree, blood, like losing blood. And you're just like, is this even necessary? The scene, and then she like crashes into the forest, but then is finally saved. And then is finally saved, and then you like cut to probably you know a year later, right? And she's everything's fine. She's like sitting, you know, sitting at a table writing a letter, and she tells you that. You know, she's fine and she has, she's had six skin grafts on her hand, but you know, it still hurts, but that's fine. And like, she probably in about three sentences is like, oh yeah. And then like, everybody made sure like the, like Gerald's law firm, Gerald being the husband, Gerald's law firm, like made sure that all of this crazy shit stayed out of the paper. So that's nice. And then I got all the money from his retirement. And I realized, like, I never loved him anyway, which was, I don't know, like, felt like a little weird and unsympathetic for her husband who was, right, like, took her on what he thought was going to be a nice romantic weekend and then ends up getting eaten by a dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That felt, like, very weirdly fast and um, unsympathetic. Well, it was probably because there was no room to actually treat that properly because we were too busy 
doing the last grand reveal, yeah. which is that the Moonlight Man is a real person. Yeah. Basically, who had been all over, I guess they must be in the South, like he was in like Louisiana or I don't know where, yeah. Alabama, Mississippi, robbing graves, killing people, cutting off their ears, just doing all, like it's desecrating bodies. so weird. It's just like so casual at the end. She's like, oh yeah, then I read in the paper that actually there was this man with this uh, horrible Raymond skin. Raymond Andrew Jobert, and he has acromegaly, which is an actual disease you can look up on Wikipedia. Which makes your face look like this mask. Yeah. And like makes you really big. And this guy. Was real. Was real and was like breaking into houses all around. Yes. And steal, killing people, stealing their valuables. Right. And then raping the corpses. Right. But only the male corpses. And also dismembering parts of their bodies. Yeah. So she also is like. Oh, that's so weird because, like, I thought my husband's nose and ears were taken off by the dog. Right, that's right. Guess not. <laughs> right. And then she kind of, to me, it was implied that the guy probably Did fucks her husband's corpse. I don't know. It could have. Like, that was heavily implied to me because it was like he loves having sex with dead men. Yeah. And she's just like, Yep, lucky me yep. that I'm not a man. And, well, like, she he went decided to court. not to kill me. She went to court and sees him. And then she's, what did she say? She's like, oh, not, not that scary after all. She walks up to, it's so weird. So it's the crowded courtroom and everyone's like, the moonlight man hasn't said a single word since he was arrested. He's like being held on like 15 counts of murder and like like necrophilia. And she walks in the courtroom and shouts, no. Yeah. (laughs) And he turns and everyone's like, what? But he also like breaks out of his handcuffs. And then he (laughs) breaks out of his handcuffs, which like terrifying. Yeah. And then he turns around. And what does he say to her? And he, he's like, you're not real. You're just made of moonlight. Like making and he fun sounds, of her. But he sounds so happy. Yeah. Well, I thought he was like, oh my God, it's my one friend. It's my I, one I person I didn't kill. I don't. But I couldn't tell if he was like citing what she had said. I, I he, he was, was obviously repeating her. that. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I thought, thought he was, he was like, like making fun of her or something. Well, like, no, because then why would my read was either <laughs> that he was like, oh my God, you're the only person I ever chose not to kill. It's so nice to see you again. <laughs> or like, I actually thought that she might be like, he shouldn't go to jail. Oh he didn't God. kill me or something. Be- or the other thing I thought is like, oh, what if just like she thought he was a crazy vision? What if he thought she was a crazy oh. vision? Because again, she's like bloody and handcuffed to yeah, a bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like saying weird shit yeah, to him. Yeah, so, like he was freaked out. Like maybe he was afraid of her too and was maybe. confused. Very unclear. And then she's like, you seem much smaller in real yeah. life. And then, yeah, and then like walks out and then like triumphantly. Strolls out yeah. like in a very like the good wife. She kind of looked like a poor man's Juliana really Margulies from her, The Good Wife. Yeah, she did. And she just like marches out in her heels and her dress. Yeah. And then what has she decided to do with her life? Uh, and count, with the money. Counsel uh, victims of like sexual abuse, right? Yes. But the way that this is framed is so she like starts a foundation to help girls and boys like her. Yeah. She says, and then she's like, I spent so long not telling my story. This is sad to like, it's not funny, but I spent so long not telling my story. So now I tell it every day to everyone I can find, like in the hopes that it might help someone. And so then you cut to her in a coffee shop with this adult woman in like an oversized flannel shirt. (laughs) It was like a very, and, and she sits her down and she says, one day when I was 12, oh, my yeah. family went to a lake yeah. house. And it's like, is this usually how therapy goes? Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, also, I feel like not to judge her life, but if I went through all this, I think the story I'd be telling is like, oh my God, be you safe serve, about kinky sex. Be like, safe that would can, be the greatest story word, of my life. Always keep the keys. That was like my big takeaway. Yeah, I mean, she always ripped half her keys, hand off. Half her hand off. And then drove into a tree. Like, that was, I mean, totally. She had a lot of trauma in her life, so she should pick her story, but I was like, that was. <laughs> Don't. Or you think he's a moonlight man, but he's a real murderer. Totally. Like, <laughs> totally. So, totally. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I also felt like it was so weird and fucked up that the name of this, the name of oh, this movie was Gerald's this... Game. But yeah. Which is like, first of all, just a terrible name, but yeah. also like what about, what? Gerald is actually not that important in no, this, except that he game. handcuffed her and it's not the game. Like It's more like Jesse's traumas. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, and at, when I watched the trailer, because, I mean, they just show all these crazy things happening. Like, at one point, I was like, oh, is this, like, maybe... And then I started watching the movie. I was like, oh, is it that Gerald knows all this? And this is actually a lot of setup oh my, totally. to help her process? Well, that's what I said at the end. Oh, to help her process. So I had the evil run of that. Oh, okay. Remember at the end of our taping, I was like, I bet you anything, he's not really dead. He's, like, pretending to be dead. Because like, he comes back in the to, trailer to and all that. To freak her yeah. out. Well, I wasn't even thinking because of that, but just, like, he, like... Dies, right, the way he dies out of you yeah. behind the the bed, right, right. And so I was kind of like, oh, what if he's like really twisted and sadistic, yeah. yeah. And what he like, what would really get him off her. is like deeply terrifying her. So many ways it could have so gone. <laughs> that and that's actually that was going to be my edit. Like the oh, yeah. this again, this to me. Well, as we discussed, it's like four different movies <laughs> sandwiched together, like survival movie, like past trauma lifetime movie horror movie um but i feel like if you had wanted to make it a straight up pst if gerald had actually been like evil and behind the whole thing mm. and like who knows maybe part of his plan was even to like watch her get raped by the moonlight man yeah. or something yeah. then i would say squarely pst because it's like someone she trusted and had sex with who yeah. then like the turns on her. who like yeah is mm-hmm. crazy and mm-hmm. turns on her mm-hmm. and like makes her feel crazy but I don't know. But I mean, it was, again, it was a very psycho. Very psycho. And very, and I guess sexual. Yeah. I think the thing is like this, it was, the sexual stuff was so horrific. Like maybe it's like no one got enjoyment from it ever. You know, like with the PSTs, it's like yeah. some, at some point you do something you think is bad or, totally or you later like realize bad, it's bad, but, but you liked yeah, it in the yeah, moment yeah. and it's a lot about covering up the shame or the guilt. Exactly, exactly. Whereas like this was, there was no real pleasure. All of it was totally. so dirty. She like never wanted to do like, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. the PSD would have been if they had done it and he, and then she wanted a divorce and then he used this like footage of something against right. her and then went crazy. So, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do have a couple of reviews. Okay. Which I'd love to share. So, um, first is um, Lee W., who gave this movie 3.5 stars. Um, Completely agree with Lee here. Bruce Greenwood has been 61 years old and is still hot as fuck. Look at that body. So, Lee, agree with you. Agree with you. Um, Second review by Henry S., 0.5 stars. Boring, boring, boring. Also, she has an iPhone 6S, so all she had to say was, hey, Siri, and she could have called for help. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, amazing point. So, um, always have your Siri uh, voice activation Activation turned yep. on. Yep. 
Uh, and then all the- she had to say was, hey, Siri. Right, yeah. That's that technologist uh, perspective on the movie. And then the third one from Scott L., absolute garbage. A woman tied to a bed for 90 minutes battling with her conscience and a member of the Adams family visiting her every night for late night tickles. Oh. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. two movies in okay. <laughs> Totally. Totally. Can't decide what to watch tonight. Just watch Gerald's game. Yeah. It'll check yeah. everybody's box. Exactly. Ugh. Um, so I actually would like to uh, interrupt the podcast quickly oh, for a, a non-sponsored ad. Oh, great. Which is, uh, we do not have a sponsorship from them. Okay. Um, but what would have really been a great sponsorship opportunity uh, for this episode, I would have said, is something like Nest. You know, a security system voice activated for your home. Oh, definitely. Could you not imagine if Jesse and Gerald already had Nest activated and they would just say, hey, call 911. Definitely. Right? Or like a Google Home or like a, a Alexa, Home. anything. Um, and then this would have never happened. Definitely. Um, second, not yet sponsored, um, is adamandeve.com, which mm. I think sells erotica and yeah. sex toys yeah. and um, Our real handcuffs. Could help you find something that would maybe be like fun and dangerous but also a little bit safer and um might help you have some conversations with your loved one about like what feels right to experiment with um so yeah always use a safe word um check out adamandeve.com yeah great great should should we wrap it up now oh Oh, wait we should do our Okay, so let's go ahead and rate this movie as we always do on our PSD scale. So, um, Ken, how many pumpkins for... Is that for scary? Yeah. Yeah, how many pumpkins, scary pumpkins would you give it? Pumpkin, scary pumpkins. I don't know. I guess this was the scariest movie because of the Moonlight Man and like, oh, the thing that you thought was imaginary the whole time, even as a viewer, like was actually real. Yeah. I guess I guess that's eight pumpkins worthy. Yeah, I would say like probably nine. What was yeah. our previous one? Was it fear? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because this one was like truly horrifying with like the dog eating flesh and her getting herself out. Ripping and, the thing off. Yeah, yeah, all of that was a lot. Okay. And then, um, how many shakes of spice would you give it? I guess I would give it like maybe like. 1.5 shakes mm. because I would say when they started getting into it I was like ooh this could be good but then it, it all wasn't so yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you I'm gonna give it one shake of spice because <laughs> like most of the longest sex scene in the movie is literally a father masturbating while a daughter oh, his daughter sits on his lap so <sighs> yeah. maybe negative maybe one. negative <laughs> shakes of spice yeah, shakes. really awful um Okay, so it sounds like, Deanna, you're recommending everyone run see this movie immediately, <laughs> and I feel like do anything else that you could think of. Yeah, well, do or don't, um, <laughs> but thank you for joining us today, and uh, if you liked what you hear, uh, liked what you heard, then feel free to subscribe to our podcast or follow us on Instagram at Pumpkin Spice Thrillers.